What NFC North rookie might make for a sharky start in week three? Who are the tight ends to plug into your lineup if Dalton Schultz can't go Monday night? And what's the reason we let Amon Ra St. Brown slip so far in FFPC drafts this season? Plus, the Football Guys Players Championship Week 2 second-place team owner Jamie Cox joins us to uh, give us his take on Kenneth Gainwell's role on your roster, when Devontae Parker needs to be cut loose from your squads, and so much more. We've got a great show for you tonight. Uh, Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Damn the pressure. I've seen Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Thank you so much, Rob. Welcome. Uh, greetings and salutations to all of you, Balkaholics and Farrelliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above-average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the definitive of uh, definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to analyze whether it's time to get Jacoby Myers in your starting lineups and start sitting Darnell Mooney, plus the 2022 Football Guys Players Championship Week 2. Second-place team owner Jamie Cox is going to join us. He's going to grace us with his presence. We're going to talk to him a little bit about Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Uh, Matt Collins as maybe an emergency replacement for Hunter Renfro, who's going to miss this week, and much more. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, the show is at HSFFR. I am at Eric Balkman. You can always check out Farrell's Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com. Facebook.com slash HSFFR is where to reach us on that social media platform. You can also email the show football at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, now's the time to send them. Uh, if you have, we'll, we'll try to get to all the chat room questions, all the tweets, all the emails in the fantasy feedback segment coming up uh, later on in the show. Thanks to our audio engineer, my best friend Bryce, and our producer and mutual friend Rob. I want to introduce you guys to something I don't think we talked about at all last week because we just launched it earlier this week at the FFPC. It's called the FFPC Weekly uh, challenge. Uh, there's no draft for it. There's no salary cap. You just choose 10 players or 12 players, depending on if you're playing the classic or the slim format in this by Sunday's kickoff, 1 PM Eastern time, and then watch them ride throughout the weekend's games. If you say bulky, this format sounds familiar. Yes. It's the world famous FFPC playoff challenge format. Only one player per NFL team. You can play the classic or the slim for $35 or $200, and you can win up to $10,000. These are 30 team and 150-team contest uh, with uh, either with kickers and defenses or without. We leave that up to you. You make that decision. Check that out at myffpc.com. Those are filling up, and we'll fill up all the way to kickoff on Sunday. Uh, we did a Road of His High Stakes Lowdown this past week with Andrew Geller, the, the, at the underscore guilds on Twitter. Uh, really entertaining stuff. We almost went up. We might have gone all over a full hour. We, had a, we both had a lot to say uh, after week two was over and heading into week three. So check that out. We'll tell you who's coming up next week 
uh, on the show uh, at the end of the, the broadcast tonight. And remember to like, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified on all these videos. And uh, you'll be able to make sure you never miss when the FFPC YouTube channel goes live like it did today for the FFPC Week 3 preview with uh, our guy Aiden LaCorey and uh, Dave Terpoli, um, both uh, previewed Week 3 from an FFPC standpoint. If you didn't get a chance to check it out, just go on the FFPC YouTube video page, um, youtube.com slash Fantasy. It's right up there on, um, on past live streams. And you can check that out. Very easy, very bite-sized, very informative. And uh, will help you set your lineups, no doubt, uh, if you are playing in the FFPC, which I think a lot of you are. Uh, let's bring in our co-host with the most, the uh, commissioner of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, Farrell Elliott. Farrell, welcome. Happy Friday to you, my friend. Buddy, it's good to see you. And I, I'll tell you, there's a whole lot of FFPC content uh, being put out. And, and by the gentleman you mentioned, it's quality content. However, I must point out, that uh, my, my agent has been contacted for no uh, uh, for no engagements at all in, in this in this new format. It looks like I'm stuck here with you, Balky, exclusive yeah. to you, yeah. sir. Well, yeah, we are the not quite ready for prime time podcast host, so that's why we come on at ten o'clock at I night. And those Makes guys, sense. those those guys are winning all the daytime Emmys for the podcast. Well, I tell you what, I tell you what, we do have is the best damn guest. That's what we have. How we about have, that? Kentucky we, royalty. We have the guest. Yeah, and we, we got do. one tonight. We do, and oh. uh, he's crushing it this year. He's coming up mm -hmm. in about ten minutes. His name is Jamie Cox. And uh, he will uh, tell us how he's gotten all the way up to second place in the FF, uh, in the uh, Football Guys Players Championship. Before we can do that, Farrell, I do want to get to – this isn't really breaking news, um, mm -hmm. but I do want to get your opinion on um, some of the news we saw from the injury report um, okay. around the NFL uh, this past week. And we'll just go rapid fire on this. Um, but Justin Herbert, um, the, the Chargers opened up as 10-point favorites at the start of the week against the Jags. And now they are just uh, three-point favorites at home against Jacksonville. Herbert did not throw on Wednesday. He threw on Thursday. He did not throw on Friday. Um, he's dealing with fractured rib cartilage. It's a pain tolerance issue. Herbert said we'll see on Sunday. And it sounds like we will all see on Sunday whether he's ready to go because it seems like a coin flip right now. How do you read this situation? And if Herbert's out, are you downgrading any of your Chargers skill position players to your bench this week? Oh, certainly you would have to, and you would have to elevate Austin Eckler. If he is out, that gives that brings in Chase Daniel, a competent but not a uh, electric or inspiring choice uh, to play quarterback. So I would lean very, very heavily on my Eckler uh, in in that offense. Uh, defensively, that team has stepped it up this year, and I believe they can handle Jacksonville in the game. However, less first downs, less time on the field for the offense. Jacksonville uh, is yet, their young quarterback, Lawrence, is yet to win a road game. He's 0-9 on the road, and it's a very, very tough place for him to start to get a win. So a lot to be determined, a lot of intrigue there with this team. And and we'll find out. That that is a 1 o'clock game on, on Sunday, if I remember correctly, right, Farrell? I believe the game is on the West Coast. I'm not. Let me let me check my notes here. So, if oh is, yeah, so you're probably right. It probably is a 425. Yeah, that's so why it's a road game. Yeah. He's 0 and 9 in road games, so he yeah. once again, and they won't start it at 10 a.m. out there. You know, they just won't do it. So now, I wouldn't want him starting it at 10 a.m. Central Time or 10 a.m. Eastern Time, quite frankly, either. Which, by the way, we have the we have the Packers. Um, coming up in London uh, this year with a 9:30 Eastern Time kick. You'll be okay. And, 
I, and well, here's the thing is my local radio station has already um, required me to make an appearance at a local bar that will be opening up at 6 a.m. local time with live yeah, music and cocktails flowing as we get ready for the Packers in London. Very excited and yet not very excited for that. I'm sure the diocese in Green Bay will close the churches as well. So oh, no doubt. I mean, I think that's a law. That's that's a, that's that's yeah, part of the, the, the bylaws here in Northeast Wisconsin. Josh Jacobs, what do you make of this? He didn't travel with the team to Nashville. He has an illness. He's listed as questionable. Obviously, the Raiders could still fly him over later. But, Farrell, what's your read against this? Because now we're looking at Brandon Bolden, maybe Zamir White in a, in a good spot start here uh, in Tennessee for your Las Vegas Raiders. And many of the people that drafted Jacobs also uh, snagged White. And so if, if they did, it's a player to get in the lineup. It's very disappointing because you, you, you begin to think that this would be the game where things would even out for Jacobs and he could find the end zone. It's a disappointing situation, especially with what's going on in their wide receiver core as well. I, I think that um, if you have Zamir White, um, you're playing him, obviously, if Jacobs out. The question is, if Jacobs is active, what kind of a snap share would there be? And I'm not messing around with Zamir White at that point. That's just well, many of the players, many of the players after August 1st drafted uh, Josh Jacobs as their number three running back. So mm -hmm. considering that they're healthy in other places, they should be okay with Jacobs on the bench and no white in the lineup. The other guys that may have a different mix may have different decisions to make. George Kittle was not even on the final injury report for the Niners. We're starting him on Sunday night. So thrilled that I waited for George Kittle on Sunday night football rather than start David and Joku last night. That was another oh. genius decision by the Balkmeister. Um, but I digress. Nobody wants to hear about that. Um, I do. I, I, I'm very interested in your respect, <laughs> I think the rest of it, I think the rest of it, we will get into. Oh, are you concerned with TJ Hawkinson with this hip injury? He got in three limited practices. I'm starting him. I, I think he's going to be good to go. The total on the game is like 52 and a half. So. Uh, Hawkinson's been playing like he's compromised somewhat physically or the odd man out in the offense since the season started. Uh, I would be curious to know how long he's been nursing this. Did he aggravate it? Is it a new injury? I don't have I, I have Hawkinson on one team and it is a, uh, a Sunday head scratcher all day. Mm -hmm. um, what about Jerry Judy in that Sunday night game? He got in a, a, a practice today, um, but the beat reporter said it was just sort of stretching the individual drills. Is he worth mm -hmm. the wait on Sunday night football? I know it's kind of roster dependent, but what's your feeling on Judy right now? You have to be patient. And many of the drafters did stack multiple Denver receivers and the receiver that will emerge. Uh, in in this game is is Hamler, and I, I expect Hamler to to uh, get the opportunity and run with it in this game. And Denver's got a lot more problems about th than just which wide receiver lineup that they've got to uh, they've got to get their offense moving, their offense running. Uh, Hamler uh, could create rhythm with the quarterback, so I would be uh, that would be the guy I would turn to if I had didn't have better options to fill in for Judy. All right, that that is the the, the late breaking stuff I have. Okay. Um, so let's get into um, my gaffe last night with David and Joku. Kevin oh. Stefanski said that coverage schemes are going to dictate David and Joku's involvement in the passing offense this year. Quote Stefanski: We have talked about it. There are games where coverage dictates the ball goes elsewhere, and he blocks his rear end off. Then Joku, ten targets, nine catches, eighty nine yards, and a touchdown. He ran a, a route on 63% of the dropbacks against the Jets. And then this week, 87.5% route participation. 
I don't really know what to make of this, Farrell. Is he simply, are we going to know going into the week what coverage the defense is playing against him? I feel like we're not going to know that until the game kicks off. There's no way to like, at least there's no way for me to have any insight on it. And I feel like you're rolling the dice every time Njoku goes out there. Stefanski just said it. Some games he's going to be awesome. Some games he's going to be a blocker. Um, the coach may talk a little too much. I, and I, I wonder who, who coach thinks he's talking to. This is a, if he does mean this, then he is a progenitor of all the nonsensical coaching mutterings we've had for Cleveland over the past few years. He's speaking to the Cleveland Browns, uh, our guys, Anderson, Kahn, uh, Dorsey, Laser. These are football guys. You can get away with saying this kind of stuff in L.A. or Seattle or even Charlotte, but you can't talk like this in Green Bay and Cleveland. The fans know better, and we know better. When you have the ball, you dictate what the defense is going to do. And when you have mm, a first-round tight end who's 26 years old, been in the league for six years, and he's only 26, he's a first-round tight end, He's six foot four, 250 pounds. I love what he does after he catches the ball. And you have not only invested a first round draft pick in him, you turned around five years later and gave him $54 million. We're going to force this ball to this player. We're going to get him involved and keep him involved. And we have the two best running back, the one two tandem of running backs in all the league, which we're going to draw in the linebackers and we're going to force the defense to put another linebacker on the field or to try to cover the Njoku with a slot corner. Uh, we're not, we don't really care how they line up. Uh, we should have been the answer of this coach. And, you know, he's got a better resume than I do, uh, but this is uh, somewhat, uh, somewhat nonsensical. And I would say, just wait. I, I would say Brissett and, and without Brissett, just wait for Watson to come back. They'll make sure this tight end gets the ball. But Brissett's taking ownership of this team. I kind of like where he's going. I'll tell you this. He may have a more impressive resume than you, Farrell, but one thing you never did was blow a two-touchdown lead in the final two minutes against the New York Jets. <laughs> You've never done that to the best of my knowledge. Well, so you do yeah, have that feather in your cap. Series of unfortunate events. <laughs> it was. Uh, Matt LaFleur said today that Romeo Dobbs is, quote, going to have to take mm -hmm. more of a load this week. We already know Sammy Watkins isn't playing. Alan Lazard and Christian Watson practiced Wednesday. They didn't practice on Thursday. They both came back to practice on Friday. Um, and so they're banged up a little bit. They're going down to Tampa this week. Dobbs in week two. Route participation fell to 46%. Only got three targets, two of them for catch, two catches for 27 yards. The question here is, knowing that Lazard and Christian Watson didn't do a ton last week, um, and now they're banged up, um, and knowing that there's no Sammy Watkins this week, is Romeo Dobbs sneaking in, or should he sneak in on any FFPC lineups as a second flex this week? Well, he should, and he is a player that plays physically. He can he can uh, win at the uh, the contested ball. He can high point the ball. I love what this player does. He's the most, as far as I could tell, um, even though he was drafted later in the draft, he came to the league as as most sure-handed, physical, and NFL ready. Uh, wide receiver and I would with a quarterback with the accuracy uh, uh, success that uh, Rodgers is I think this is a perfect opportunity for the player to have a big game yeah he'd be in my lineup yeah and I think this is interesting because I was telling people that this guy's not even roster worthy this is a run heavy team 
that and he's number four behind Cobb, who's probably going to miss with an illness. I don't know what I don't know what's going around the NFL right now, but he's got an illness that he's dealing with. Lazard is banged up. Watson's banged up. Watkins is already out. This could be primetime Romeo Dobbs. And of course, I'm missing out on it because I don't have him anywhere. I let everybody else draft him. Um, so obviously, don't take my drafting advice, my team management advice, but take the advice of our guest who I'm going to bring on right now. He lives his life by the F system, family, faith, friends, fishing, food, and of course, <laughs> fantasy football, uh, the latter of which he's been doing for the last 30 years. Um, eight, uh, eight high stakes league titles to his name. Uh, he has a set, uh, sight set on something a little bit bigger this year as he currently stands in second place in the chase for the $500,000 grand prize in the Football Guys Players Championship. Please welcome onto the program, making his debut, Jamie Cox. Jamie, welcome in. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, Mr. Farrell. How are you, buddy? Hello, Mr. Jamie. How are you? I'm great, man. Balky, thanks for asking me to come on. Well, well listen, the, 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 you definitely deserve it. I mean, almost 15,000 people, and you are in second place right now. I think the biggest question is, is how jealous is your son, Travis, that you're on and <laughs> he's not? <laughs> he, is, uh, he is traveling back from Florida, probably listening as we speak. So, Bragging rights in the Cox household. Hey, uh, Balky, before you ask your first question, I want to tell you something about uh, about our guest. You know, when I... When I first played fantasy football, I walked into a draft room and I sat down and I, to my right was a congenial gentleman known as Jamie Cox. And that's many, many years ago. And we've been friends ever since. Tonight, when you played the Quiet Hollers uh, pressure song leading into our broadcast, uh, I can tell you there were many a times when the Quiet Hollers were collecting uh, fans to attend their shows and Jamie Cox would show up uh, and bring a crew with him. And uh, he's uh, when, whenever needed, I call upon Jamie Cox, and he always answers that call. He's a great contributor to uh, our fantasy football culture and just an all-around great guy. And I'm, I'm honored uh, that uh, he is on the show, and I'm even more thrilled uh, that I can call him a friend. And uh, you know what? I even have a, a head-to-head uh, matchup for against him in the main event uh, this week. And, and I'm going to send him back to concentrating on his football guys team. <laughs> um, I appreciate well, that, Carl. Jamie, this is we already mentioned Travis. When you are not um, this close to winning 500 grand in the Football Guys Players Championship, you and your son have quite the business going on, don't you? Yeah, we have uh, we we have a lot of things going, uh, and we're very blessed and fortunate um, to to be in in a in an industry that we've kind of. Uh, really just spread out and done some different things and continue to do so. And, and we're really, you know, proud of, of what we've been able to accomplish and work hard to, uh, to help people. And it's really rewarded us. And, and I think uh, it's important that if you are looking for uh, any place in the, what, Western Kentucky area uh, to, to, uh, to hang out in, to uh, not Western Kentucky. No, we're Western in Louisville, Balky. We're oh, in Louisville. Right. It's we're straight down sixty five. So Kentucky. you leave we're, Wisconsin, Balky, and you drive straight. You don't go east. You just straight south. <laughs> and, and... To be honest with you guys, I, I'm a math guy, not a geography guy. So this is <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. But gotcha. but that but that is where you are the person to talk to. Not only about that, but of course about loading up on bills, Farrell. Uh, oh, buddy, you, you know. That. 
And I'm I'm not talking about invoices. I'm talking about Buffalo Bills on your fantasy rosters. Just to <laughs> I did I did I did well, you know, he always picks up the bills. Another reason that he's truly loved. Uh, you stacked Buffalo Bills, how genius you were. Um to do this. I, I went into a lot of football guys and I asked when, when people draft a stack, especially when it's successful, I always ask the same question. Uh, is it intentional? Did you start saying, I'm going to go in and get all these bills players, or is it something that just sort of comes to you uh, in the draft? I have a draft where I ended up with 11 of the players being Jaguar and Raiders. And you know what? So far it's working. Um, I think you're always going to be in good shape with Buffalo Bills and how thrilled you must be going forward with this team. It's Diggs, it's Allen, it's Singletary, it's the kicker, it's the defense. Was it purposeful? Is that something you tried to do throughout your football guys' teams? Well, what, I, what I've done, when I get Diggs or, you know, if I get Chase, you know, I want to master quarterback up if I can. Mm -hmm. uh, Allen is a little different than some of the other, you know, combos because you have to spend the third round pick on him. And so there's a couple of times that I got digs and I, I made sure I tried to get Allen. Uh, then when it comes down, it's like, I'm, you know, Farrell, you know me, I love receivers. And uh, so I always try to get receivers and then you, you, you see Singletary or somebody like that sitting there and it's like, Hey, he'll catch the ball too, you know? And uh, then when you're down way down, it's like, why wouldn't you go ahead and get the defense and the kicker? I love mean, that matchup. Why wouldn't you? Because the Bills are going to put so much pressure uh, on on teams that, you know, hey, when you're down 30 points, you're throwing in interceptions and getting sacked, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know. So, uh, yeah, it was intentional. And I've, I tried to do that a couple of times. I didn't do it as you know well every time as I did in that particular team. But uh, it, it is intentional. I always like having defenses on high scoring teams. I got the Eagles a lot everywhere because they're going right. to put up a lot of points and. That you know, you, you know, I've played the Chiefs in the past and all that. So yeah, it's very intentional all the way down to the defense. Jamie, just curiously, with I know you loaded up on Bills in this specific football guys draft that you're in second place in. Did you do that with any other teams besides the Bills this year in any of your other drafts? I have I have built a couple of teams where I had Bills, and then I have a couple of teams where I have a, a lot of teams where I have Bengals. I'm a Bengals, Bengals. fan. Okay. <laughs> you know, so load up on the Bengals. I've also did the same thing with uh, whenever I get Jefferson, I get I get uh, Herb Smith, and I get uh, you know uh, Cousins. Uh -huh. um, so I, I do that as well. So that team is currently not second. Oh, boy. <laughs> that team's not second. <laughs> like third or fourth, somewhere around. But, there. but that team um, will get right this week because I think I think our, our Vikings are going to get right this week. So I think so too. I and and I think that's going to be a fun game to watch. And speaking of that game, that I think is going to be a shootout between the Vikings and the Lions. Amon Ra, St. Brown to Jamie Cox in the sixth round. Now, this isn't it's kind of an outlier, but not really, because this guy obviously went way lower than what his production has dictated so far. Mm -hmm. What did we, as FFPC, as KFFSC, as Football Guys Drafters, what did we miss on with Amon Ross St. Brown uh, this year, and how can we avoid doing this again? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that you – I think he had a strong, you know, second half of the season. The last six games he put up a lot of points because of injuries. You know, Swift was out, all the receivers were hurt, and he got peppered with targets. And – yeah, he signed, you know, DJ Shark this year, Swift's back. You know, it's so 
I think it was like, was that, you know, was that, you know, what the norm's going to be, or was that out of a reaction of there just was nobody else to throw the ball to. Um, so I think that's a combination of that. And then he's a, he's not a great big guy. He's, you know, all that. So it's like, how much can, and golf ain't a great quarterback. I mean, I'm not trying to talk about, you know, bad quarterbacks in this league, but so it's, you can see where somebody like that would go under the radar a little bit and he fell and I couldn't believe it when it, in the six, I was like, there is no way he comes to me. And, and, and I, I jumped on it. Of course. I, I added St. Brown everywhere I could. I finally, um, was, was uh, the gospel of St. Brown was read to me by uh, my beloved cousin, Stacy Perez. And finally she just sort of shook a little of faith into me huh. and thank goodness. I, uh, uh, thank goodness I took it. Um, and, and followed him in the drafts where I could be more like Jamie Cox. I was a lot like Jamie Cox also in, in choosing Dak Prescott. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you just got to love Jerry Jones. You know, it's, as soon as the Dak injury and Jerry Jones comes on camera, and you know, it's it's like the, the, we've called the priest and we're, we're having last rites and everything's over with. And the next day I said, well, you know, I got to start looking at the fact that I'm going to have to, released Dak Prescott, and then there was a miraculously uh, healing Dak Prescott. And so he's on all my teams. I'm hoping that he comes back ready to play with no ill effects and and falls back into a Dallas uh, offense that really is clicking. And (sighs) Jamie, what's your thoughts? Did you ever think about making a move at quarterback? Because there's some good ones out there. There's some scoring quarterbacks that went undrafted. Uh, I've got a couple. I've got a couple of Dak teams with three quarterbacks on them now. What, what's been your move? I, I have not cut Dak, uh, and and the reason I, I did not go into the fantasy football year thinking I cannot wait to draft Dak Prescott. Yeah. <laughs> but my strategy is always, you know, usually if I don't get Allen early and in, in a few of them, I'm going all the way down to the twelfth round. And Dak just kept falling and kept falling and kept falling. So Cousins and Dak's on a lot of my teams. Uh, that said, you know, everybody else had all those better quarterbacks. So all you can do is go out and grab a Marcus Mariota or somebody off the waiver wire to help that. But Dak's, Dak's uh, playoff schedule is not bad if he does come back. Uh, you know, so just, I'm just kind of waiting to see. I mean, if you draft that late, the better ones are gone. So, yeah. Mariota and, and Jared Goff were my, my Prescott replacements and uh, <clears throat> Matt Ryan. But we're moving on. From, uh, from him as, because I think everybody should be after that Jacksonville. Oh, Jamie, I'm just looking at your draft when we talk about Amon Ross St. Brown and you say, well, there's no way he comes back to me at the, at the six Oh three. Um, you took Judy in the fifth round and then team 11. So you had two teams that you had to avoid um, uh, them picking Amon Ross St. Brown team 11 went with TJ Hawkinson or Rashad Bateman. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Hawkinson's not been great, but Bateman's made a few plays so far, but man, Team 12, they passed on Amon Ross St. Brown on both their picks to take Darnell Mooney and Elijah Mitchell. And then yeah. I'm telling you, this is how razor thin sometimes yeah. this competition is because yeah. that guy has just got to be kicking himself. No doubt he, about it. He took six players uh, not named Amon Ross St. Brown, including Mooney and Mitchell at the turn there. Okay. And, and um, Bobby, let, me add, let me add something real quick, if you don't mind. Uh, go ahead. One of the keys to, to that team so far is I drafted all the football guys way early in August mm-hmm. and then I didn't draft again until we drafted live in Vegas. It's interesting, you know, the, the contrast, because 
Judy stock was higher than it went down. The Sutton's went up and then Amon's went up. And so it it's interesting when you guys have all these leagues available, it's fun to see what you can do early because you can get some values like that if you draft early. I, this team was drafted 25 days, I want to say, if I'm if my math's right. I am a math guy, not a geography guy. Um, 25 <laughs> days before the, before the Sunday kickoff of week one. This was August 17th that you had drafted this team uh, where you get. And, and, and that's – I always encourage early drafting, middle drafting, late drafting, because you can always build different teams with different values based on ADP always changing, which you took advantage of there. So congratulations. Um, Kenneth Gainwell, I noticed, is on several of your teams as well, including this one. You got him in, uh, looks like, round 10 uh, in this draft. So I'm just curious, if if Miles Sanders ever were to miss, and let's face it, Miles Sanders probably has his own television and, and, uh, and pillow and everything in the training room, um, if he does miss, is Kenneth Gainwell an automatic top 25 start for you? And because of that, you have to find a way to keep him on your roster all Absolutely. season. Absolutely. I think so. Because, well, here's the thing. If you looked at what he finished up last year was he caught the ball and, you know, he started off slow and he caught the ball. And then this year there was a lot of talk about him getting goal line back. Uh, carries. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, if nothing else, he's a flex. And um, let's, let's be, you know, real. Miles Sanders hasn't solidified anything. He's playing great right now, but, um, why not? You know, I mean, that was the guy, that's the young guy that come in and, and did show some spark last year. And when you start talking goal line too, why not? Jamie, so I, just I got him multiple times. Just, just curious, Farrell, I know you want to ask him about Irv Smith, but, but, um, the, the running backs that you targeted in that spot, right. Sort of like these mid round running backs that are one injury away, or, you know, just, just need the opportunity besides Gainwell. Did you get any others in those middle rounds that, that you're going to make sure you keep on your roster as, as long as you can. I noticed also on this team, you have Zamir White. Maybe you could deploy him out this week as well. So he's another guy. But what about some of your other teams? I got I got Madison. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Madison's a league winner if if Cook goes down long term. I, I, I like to get an anchor back. I like to get some receiving backs or goal line backs. And then I like to get what I call game, you know, league winners. If, if they're thrown in there for multiple weeks, they can take over and win the league. So, yeah. Zamir White was one of those. I mean, all the they didn't sign resign Jacobs and you know, there's talk about him, you, know, you know, he's never really solidified that role. You know, you get yeah. some new meat in there. I mean, that's, so maybe this week, who knows? If he goes out and throws some uh, some juice this week, who who knows? I mean, uh, Jacobs is not that regime's running back. And so taking chances like that, yeah. Late, late ball key. I try to get me some receivers that I'm that I'm gonna that's who I'm playing. And in one of the uh, main events, I, I drafted five receivers in the first five rounds. Oh, what, Don, uh, Deontay Johnson fell to me, and I was like, and I was getting Hilaire so late. I was getting Edmonds, and I was getting people like that. I'm like, hell, I'll just take him too. <laughs> you know, uh, Pittman misses last week. No big deal. I got I got four. Yeah, so, exactly. But, yeah, getting some of those hero backs, you know, uh, late's always been a, a strategy. You know, uh I started my Odyssey of Football Guys drafting on July 4th, and then uh, I finished it uh, exiting the plane, which arrived late. So I was drafting while retrieving my car from the parking garage in Louisville upon returning home on a Saturday night before the main event. Um, and, and you know, there's something that I didn't do between July 4th and that fateful Saturday night in September was draft any Irv Smith uh, and, and no catches, 
on two targets in week one does not surprise me for Irv Smith. And he he showed some things in this last game while they were being embarrassed uh, by Philadelphia. He showed he had a few moves, uh, especially as uh, Cousins moved around and coverage broke down. Uh, who is the real Irv Smith, Jamie? Keep it real for us because I don't believe you can have a league winner with Irv Smith at tight end. Um yeah, I'm just not an Irv Smith guy. Am I wrong? I think you're wrong. I think you're okay. right. If you look at if you look what he was doing before he got hurt, and then he, yeah. I think he was a top ten. He was playing in top ten or top twelve before he got hurt. Right. And then he gets hurt and he's forgotten. Uh, and and Conklin oh. played a little bit last year and all that. He's forgotten. If you saw the other night when he does catch the ball and he did miss an easy pass that was a lot of yards in front of him. But he he is pretty quick for his size, and he does move well, like you say. Yeah. Uh, and then, hey, man, when you got two great receivers like that, you got a running back out there. I mean, that that middle ground, uh, Cousins checkdowns. Uh, that's that's where he's going to live. He's going to he's going to, you know, I think he's going to. Let, me, let me ask you some quick questions. You took Smith over Higby. Yep. You took Smith. Um, you took Smith over Gasecki, obviously. Yeah, you, you took you took so you had Smith figured as a top twelve. I you you said he's going to be a top twelve tight end. I just don't know if if that satisfies me enough. I, I would I would say I would agree with you, but I I think you might need more at the position. But you know that's just me. You love receivers. I love tight end, and we will uh, probably continue that debate until death does us part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking at some of Irv Smith's game logs um, from the last full season he had. He actually started off pretty quiet. Then he had a couple of games, five for 64, five for 55. Then he went quiet, but then he had uh, for like two games. Then he had 63 yards, 37 yards, 53 yards, 30 yards, and he got into the end zone five times in 2020 as well. And this yeah. is uh, his second year in the league. So I think there is something there. How big is it? How significant is it? That's what we're trying to figure out right now. Every um, other week he plays at the library. He's so quiet. Yeah, that, that, that could be accurate. Yeah, another another great cliche that I've never heard before. You only get on the high school. Carol's full of them. Right? Exactly, full of them. yes. I've been listening to him for years. <laughs> and there's always a new one, Jamie. You always hear one that you've never heard before. Um, Devonte Parker is a guy that I was pretty happy oh. when I, when I got, when I got him late in a bunch of drafts, I'm like, God, this guy could be the number one for New England. Now, not only does he not look like the number one, he looks like the number three at best. And this is a team that's struggling offensively and doesn't throw the ball a ton. How much leeway are you giving him, uh, to keep him on your roster, Jamie, or have you already dumped him in a bunch yeah. of your spots? I, I've, I got him a lot because of he's another one. If you look when he played in Miami, even with bad quarterbacks, he produced. Uh, Bilicek is notorious for bringing in somebody on the cheap that has talent and, and you know, taking advantage of that, exploiting it. Uh, there was talk of him being the number one. And when you can get him again, a, a 10, 12, 13, 14th round, who cares? <laughs> you know, uh, I'm, I'm not, I played him in one league, I think, or maybe two, and he, and he didn't. Now, the first week he had six targets, and, th and two or three of them were in the end zone. So, uh, and then last week he just did not do anything. And, and uh, you know, Myers and, and Aguilar, you know, done all of it. So, so yeah, I am not, uh, if there was somebody on the waiver wire that I thought that, that I'd like to have and take a shot at, even a good defense, yes, I, I've got him. <laughs> okay. Got it. <laughs> I'm consulting the rule sheet for how much, uh, how many points you get for a target. 
I'll get back to you. Now that's not see now. This is now, Farrell. This is not the first time you've brought up this whole you know passive aggressive comment on on targets. Like you, yeah. Targets, heard, targets is not your friend. Targets you have, is tar, targets you know, is is what Farrell grinds his axe on. Every the, the next thing, the next thing we'll talk about is is he's on the field. You know, it's play, play, snap count, um, games played. That's another. Yeah, that's another stat. That's hilarious. He, he is. He is on the field. It, uh, you know, and, and I would I would accuse Jamie of still waters running deep, but he is a Wildcat fan, not a Louisville Cardinal fan, from where right. uh, Mr. Parker is in it. Hey, um, I drafted Keenan Allen uh, in a couple drafts. Yeah, you know, you're glad to have him. You talk about a guy that's 100 catches, uh, six to eight touchdowns. You can count on that when he is healthy. He's not healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, with the quarterback talent, whoever steps in for him, you can believe in. Palmer, I think, has a role. When when uh, Allen is not playing, Carter even has a role, and he's worked hard to get it. Um, but let's focus on Palmer because that's where everyone spent their draft capital. Would you move him in front of guys that you would typically play because Allen is not there this weekend? Well, if, if Herbert's playing, it sounds like yeah, Herbert yeah. might not play. So if Herbert's not playing, I ain't playing out. I ain't playing Palmer or, or anything. No. Um, You'll Allen, still play Eckler, though, right? Oh, you have to do that. Yeah. You have to play your first-round guy. I mean, heck, he might actually run the ball for a change. Who knows? But mm-hmm. It would be uh, great. Yeah, they might give him some carries. Hey, carries is not – you don't get points for carries, but you know what? They're important. Well, um, yeah, that's the only way you get yardage <laughs> if you get carries. They're tied together. It's, it targets are t- no, okay. But but yeah, I think that uh, I think for me, I got Allen in I think one league, and out of all the leagues I drafted, and he's been declining for the last three years. Yes, he's still producing, but his mm-hmm. a lot of his metrics are coming down. So there again, next in line is a is a young second year receiver. So why not late? Why not? I'm I'm looking at your squad that you have lined up uh, for week three here, Jamie, and you have Josh Palmer in the flex. You have Dalton Schultz as, as your tight end, but I, you know, the stars could be aligning here for you because you, you have Albert Okuwepanam on your bench, and he doesn't play till Sunday night. So you're going to have a lot of information in front of you about Dalton Schultz's uh, status, who doesn't play until Monday night. You can easily put him in, and then if if uh, Herbert is out. Um, you could, I mean, I guess we won't know that until game time, but we'll probably find something on Sunday morning. Um, you could easily bench Palmer and put in Zamir white if Josh Jacobs doesn't play. So you, right. you're kind of, you're, you're kind of all set here. Um, even with having Palmer and Schultz in your lineup right now, right? Is that the plan? Right. Yeah. I'm just seeing, seeing what's happening. I mean, it's, it's still, you know, it's Friday night. I mean, we'll see what happens as, as these injury reports come out and Herbert and all that. That's exactly right. Yeah. Jerry, Jerry Judy, you have on your bench on Sunday night football too. So he's going to stay there. He'll be there all Sunday night. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, not even a question. Perfect. Um, a couple of emails here, Jamie, for you. The first one is from Jim in Fruta, Colorado. Uh, hey, Jamie, I'm not sure if you have Ezekiel Elliott anywhere, but do I need to be seriously considering benching him on a week to week basis rather than have him being an automatic start going forward? That's Jim in Fruta, Colorado. I feel like we've gotten this email probably two or three times a year for the last three years. And we, we know there's there's Pollard truthers out there that just absolutely love Tony Pollard. However, one of them is not Mike McCarthy, and he still rolls out Ezekiel Elliott a ton. Now, going forward, knowing the volume that, that Elliott continues to get in Dallas, are you still is he still an automatic start for you? Is he the type of guy that you, you know, set it and forget it, he's in there? Or is this a guy you only play matchups now? 
he is he has become he's become Josh Jacobs. He's 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 going to get fifty yards, and you hope he scores, or he's mm-hmm. going to get seventy yards. He might get occasionally break that hundred yard barrier, but you know that Pollard coming in and and having more juice and taking away some of the receptions. Uh, I don't have Zeke on a single lineup and a single team. I didn't. I you know everybody was saying you know down in the fourth he's value at the fourth he's uh, it just wasn't for me. And Pollard in the eighth, ninth, tenth, this made more sense to me. I certainly wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't play him this weekend. I think he struggled with the New York Giants on the road for a long time. Uh, I do think we'll see him catch some passes, though. And but Jamie, you're right. It's been 14 games since Zeke has had a 100-yard game. But when he starts catching those passes and when he finds those end zones, uh, I believe I believe it will be back in business with Zeke. But uh, yeah, Pollard is coming off a fantastic game. Um, question in the chat right now. Uh, Don Crypto wants to know how much fab would you bid on David and Joku in a football guys league uh, on a team he needs a tight end on? He said a couple of people dropped him early and he couldn't believe it. I, I could believe it after the first week when he's just blocking the whole time or blocking his rear end off, as Kevin uh-huh. so eloquently put it. But you're looking at David and Joku uh, as a free agent in some leagues right now in football guys. If you need a tight end, you probably got to go pretty heavy on him, Jamie, right? Oh, you'd probably, you know, what, 25% of your fab or something or, you know. 20, I don't even know if you get him at that point after this I don't know week. if you get him. I mean, that's a minimum. I mean, you're going to have to throw a couple of hundred bucks out there yeah. of your fab. But I'm not, you know, I don't know. I mean, if you totally need it, uh, th- then, yeah. Uh, but I'm like Farrell. I think that uh, Brissett's going to, you know, do some things and he's, he's okay. But, man, if Watson comes back, he's going to be a lot more valuable. But. Uh, he has to he has to keep doing what he's doing too. He's another one. You know the tight end position, as we know, uh, if you don't have Kelsey or, or you know uh, Andrews or something, I mean it's it's week to week and it's big games and and you know lack lack of production for it. So, um, but yeah, I would probably think the minimum is going to be twenty five percent of your fab. Farrell, what do you think on on Njoku bidding? I would um, I would imagine that you should uh, behave as if you were at the Bellagio on the craps table at 3 a.m. and you needed about $800 to get even because, you know, that's what I think you should spend on Njoku. I think you ought to really discourage anyone else from even having a chance at him. Spend your big money and then, you know, you can manage. You don't have to worry so much about managing with Fab the rest of the year with just yeah. dollar bits. That's the day. You get Mac Collins for a dollar. That's the that's the David Hubbard approach to to yeah. fab management, where he has all these teams and he blows yeah. so much of his money early that there's fewer. It's like, what? Well, what am I supposed to do? I can't make moves on all these teams. I'm I'm all out of money, you know. Yeah, and sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. If you got it, spend it. If you got it, spend it. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's go down to Savannah, Georgia. John uh, writes, "I'm down Mike Evans and probably Hunter Renfro." Well, officially, I think you're down Hunter Renfro. And Julio Jones. Now he's a probably guy, but I don't think he's going to play. Is Mac Hollins worth a pickup and a start on Sunday? Thanks, Jamie. That's John in Savannah, Georgia. Okay, so clearly this dude is down. Probably his number one or two receiver. Probably his four receiver, and I'm guessing his fifth or sixth receiver. Mac Hollins. Are you starting him? Given and you think about what he did um, in that last game with all those targets he got. I don't know if Devonte Adams is is as quiet. As as a library football player, as as I think I got that analogy right that Farrell had before. Um, I don't playing know in the was, library, playing in the library. That's how quiet his performance was. Uh, Matt Collins, you rolling the dice on him uh, this week? Uh, uh, now that we know that Renfro is out. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad play. I don't think that's a bad play at all. I think you and there's probably some others out there that you can you can pick up on the waiver wire. But if that's who you got on your bench and you got them injuries, absolutely. 
Carol, oh, are, are, you're the Raiders expert here. Matt Collins is a second well, flex. Well, I got to give a shout out to our boy, Travis Cox, because we'll be watching games together over the last few years. And Travis will say, hey, that's my guy. I said, no, that's Matt Collins. Travis, who is Matt Collins? <laughs> and we've seen him play at Philadelphia. You know, you guys are celebrating Irv Smith's touchdowns. Matt Collins scored six mm -hmm. touchdowns last year. Balky, you can look that up. Yeah. On 15 catches, he's a red zone target, but he's also a great middle of the field target. This is a player without a team, a player without a quarterback. Everywhere he goes, the, the, the front office loves him and the coach gets fired. I think he's found a home. I think he'll be a good complimentary piece in a 5,000-yard offense, and he has – he has value once the waiver wire uh, or once the uh, bye week period start. And uh, fortunately, uh, I picked him up everywhere that uh, I thought I could on uh, our first waiver wire of the week. And I got to go back and see if he's available some places. But he's a very good player, very good, very good ball pitch, catcher, very good target. I didn't Farrell, look at Farrell, if there's a if there's a if there is a uh, a low-hanging fruit of anybody that wears the silver and black. Pharaoh has them on this well, team. I mean, I was, I was delighted. That. I was delighted when the Raiders signed him and they also signed another very good receiver that that should be playing somewhere else in the league. And that's Keelan Cole. Keelan yeah, Cole's yeah, a very good Cole's receiver. A very good, yeah. He's a good player. Yeah. And so, you know, if, if the, if Tampa had uh, chosen some of these receivers earlier in the year, they'd be in a different place this weekend than they are. That's right. That's right. And but Cole Beasley's going to come save the day. I mean, you yeah, know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. A 33-year-old slot guy is going to come. Yes. And you know what? I'm not even going to say that because here's what I'm going to say officially as a Green Bay Packers fan, not wanting to jinx his team in Tampa. I think Cole Beasley's super talented. I think he's proven this time and time again. Would not surprise me at all if he went out there, caught 12 passes, including the game-winning touchdown. You heard it here first. I'm pro Cole Beasley, not jinxing the Packers. Jinxed all that, I'm fresh out of emails for Jamie Farrell. I believe we have one last question for Jamie. Jamie, this is my favorite question leading into the season, and now it's my favorite question that we get to ask you about set and start. You've got a You've got a lot of strengths in your fantasy game, and one of them has always been to get the right guy uh, in the lineup. So I'd like to know who the right guy is this week, the sleeper. We've, you've already talked about Hollins and a couple other guys, but i got to figure you have another one. And we've already talked about Zeke, a guy you normally would but would not start this week. Can you give us a couple others? I, I think, I think. look, I'm looking to for DK Metcalf to have a big week. I think DK's playing a, a, a Falcons secondary that's given up, I think, the second or third most uh, points to wide receivers. Mm -hmm. um, and I think he's he's really connected, um, you know, with uh, Smith. And I think that's going to be a good one. Uh, I think I think Zamir White, I mean, uh, it looks to me like, you know, the 45-year-old Bowden will be the receiving back and White's going to have a chance. I mean, he's going to have a, you know, he's going to at least get some run. Uh, there's a couple other people out there that, uh, you know, that Doolin kid in Indianapolis, you know, uh, that kid is, uh, he was undrafted, but he's a, he's a man child. I mean, he's big and he's fast. And uh, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of places like that that you can go, especially coming up soon now with, with uh, you know, with the bye weeks and all that, there's, there's still talent out there. I mean, there's still, there's always going to be, you know, you always got to play that waiver wire and always got to know what's out there and, and, you know, skyer that waiver wire, but, I would say those. I think Zamir White and Metcalf, they'll probably be in my lineups. Uh, Metcalf usually is, but I did bench yeah. Metcalf last week. 
So, well, you, you know, you, the interesting thing about Metcalf, and I, I don't think we brought this up, is is Pete Carroll said earlier this week that um, kind of unprompted a little bit too in the press conference is like, we need to get DK Metcalf more involved downfield. And he said mm-hmm. downfield because I feel like Geno Smith, Geno Smith, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but his completion percentage is like 170%. It's insane. <laughs> he's completing passes he's not even throwing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of the reason for that is because he's he's getting DK Metcalf on these little dink and dunks, which is fine. Mm-hmm. It'll move the chains. But this guy's a supreme talent, and he needs to yeah. be uh, getting the ball downfield. And I think you're right, Jamie. I, I think this is a week where they do make a proactive um, attempt to try to pump the ball downfield for him. And instead of getting, you know, seven for 40, maybe he has something like, you know, six for 110 and two touchdowns or something. Yeah. This week. Not predicting I mean. that, but it's well within the realm of, of possibilities. Is there any player that that is, you know, a, a, a highly drafted player or a highly ranked player that you're kind of bearish on this week that, you know, maybe you're still starting, but you're lowering expectations on him? Hmm. Um, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with, with, uh, you know, like Pittman coming back and, and chiefs are coming to town. We don't know what's going to happen there. You have to blame. I mean, he's, he's coming, but look at Farrell's looking like, why are you talking about Pittman is a, he's a, another one, <laughs> but, but honestly, this dueling kid on the other side, if, with, if, if they're going to ease Pittman back or something, you know, um, uh, I just don't know. I don't know what the, how that's going to play out. And what what he's saying to you, Balky, is Ezekiel Elliott is on a very lonely island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and now that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, just real quick, Jamie. I know that was supposed to be the last question, but Hudson Kern Reeve just brought this up in the chat, and I think this is worth talking about because I don't think we mm-hmm. have yet. Um, James Conner is a officially a game time decision for Arizona. And he thinks Daryl Williams could be interesting. When you looked at that, when I looked at the snap counts and the touches last week, I, I feel like they were pretty similar. Although Williams, I think, did get the touchdown. He was getting goal line. Is he the Cardinals running back you would choose if you had your pick between Williams and Benjamin, or would you kind of say, forget this, I'm only getting half a running back because they're going to split um, split the touches this weekend? Well, in 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 fantasy, as you guys know, you always got to look and see who's going to protect a quarterback, who's going to be the best blocker. And Williams is by far the veteran there. He's gonna. I would play Williams over Benjamin all day long. Uh, Farrell Williams over Benjamin for you as well. Oh, easy. That's an easy choice. And you know, it's not every day that the Ivy League professor that you get thrown a softball by the Ivy League. Professor. I wonder if it's that way in class with him. You know, no, no, yeah, it's it, not. It is. You know, it is. It uh, yeah. Yeah, no, no. Uh, listen, Hudson only asks the tough questions mm-hmm. because he has the best students in the world at Cornell University. Um, and we always ask the tough questions on this show, especially tonight, because we have the best guest in the world. And that's yeah. Jamie Cox, the second place that. team in the Football Guys Players Fantastic. Championship, heading into week three. Jamie, what a pleasure. So much fun to catch up with you. Uh, always appreciate seeing you in Vegas and in Kentucky and, and everywhere we can we can catch up. I always appreciate that. Good luck the rest of the way. Hopefully at the end of the season, you're getting a half million bucks from the FFPC and football guys. And we'll have you back on here to tell us uh, how you're going to spend it on me and Farrell. I, I hope <laughs> that happens. <laughs> I, I will, yes, yes. Nice, nice uh, things will happen to you guys. All right. Excellent. Glad to hear it. Jamie, enjoy the rest of your Friday night. Enjoy week three. Good luck the rest of the way, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for asking me on and, and appreciate the show and appreciate all you guys, what all you guys do. Thank Thanks you so lot. much. Thank you, Jamie. Jamie Cox, ladies and gentlemen, the second place team, third place team.
No, second place team. God, I'm mixing second. it up now. Second place team heading into week three is what I meant to say of the football guys players championship. Still a long way to go. But as I always say to anybody who comes on to the show early in the season, I don't care if it's week one, week eight, mm-hmm. week 15, week 17. The fact that you are up this high over so many thousands of other teams is an accomplishment. You should be proud of it. And I should hang your hat on it, and as I know Jamie will, but I know he wants to. He would much rather be in second place heading into week seventeen rather than heading into week three. Um, let's get into some emails here, Farrell. Okay. I'm going to do about five get five minutes worth of emails here. We probably won't get get to all of them. I, my apologies. Let's Mike, go quick. Mike in Cranston, Rhode Island. You got it. Uh, I was super excited to draft Darnell Mooney this year, but I'm having buyer's remorse. Do I sit him this week in favor of Jacoby Myers? wonder if Mike in Cranston, Rhode Island was team 12 and Jamie Cox's football guys draft. Not uh, not out of the question there. Um, Jacoby Myers over Darnell Mooney this week, Farrell. Where do you stand on that? I'm just looking at this. Darnell Mooney is at home against the Houston Texans, a really, really good matchup. And then, of course, uh, Jacoby Myers gets a banged-up Ravens secondary at home this week as well. I don't know how good that matchup is because the, the Houston defense is improving. Let, let me just give you quickly. We said we'd go quick. Justin Fields has thrown 28 passes in two games, and they have not been impressive. Jacoby Myers has had 19 targets in two games, and he has been impressive. He's the alpha receiver for the New England Patriots. This is the easiest question we'll ever get. Jacoby Myers, I think, may be having some physical aspects, but uh, Balky, did he practice today? Is he going yeah, to play? I was just going to tell you this, um, and this is what seals the deal for me. Did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. He did practice Friday. He's listed as questionable. I'm firing him up over Darno. Yep. Jacoby um, Myers goes in your lineup, and Mooney, uh, I wish he would do something. I have him in a, I have him in one league, a, a dynasty league, and I've given him away for nothing. <laughs> I want to trade him for I, I, I'm getting so many questions this week. Oh, should I trade Derek Henry? I'm like, no, don't trade him now. Wait till he has, you know, 110 yards and two touchdowns. That's when yes. you sell him for 70 cents on the dollar. Uh, Mike in Tallahassee. Hey, guys, is this the week Robert Tunyon breaks out? If not, is Mike Gesicki the smart play instead? Thanks so much. That's Mike in Tallahassee. Gesicki is in that uh, potential shootout with Miami and Buffalo coming up at 1 p.m. on Sunday. Total on that is up to 53, and the Dolphins are giving away I beg your pardon, are getting five and a half points at home. Um, The total is much lower in the Packers-Buccaneers game, a total of 42 there. But remember how banged up all those Packers receivers are, Farrell. Mm -hmm. Uh, The secondary and the defense is challenged in Buffalo because of the uh, injuries that they've encountered uh, both in the short week and uh, in practice. So I would – Kasicki is not a favorite choice because he runs hot and cold and there's a lot of tight end competition uh, yeah, I, I favor Gasicki here. If, if, if we're in that kind of a situation where those are your two tight ends, consult the waiver wire. If not, go with Gasicki. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I th- and I don't know who's who's going to be out there in your waiver wire, but I'm not a huge Gasicki guy um, normally like you are, mm-hmm. Farrell. But I, I look at the total. I look at what he did last week, and it probably wouldn't take many, many more than a few plays to get him um, over what Robert Tunyon is going to do this week. So I'm going to lean uh, towards Gesicki here as well. Dear Farrell and Balky, uh, I know he's been, a, I know he's been more a hiss, uh, a hiss. I know he's been more a miss than a hit. So would you roll the dice and start Devonte Smith over Jeff Wilson in week three? That's Eddie in Abington, Illinois. Um, Jeff Wilson is uh, up against the uh, Denver Broncos in the mile high city this week. Uh, as his uh, San Francisco 49ers are one-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. That's interesting. Um, and then the other one, Devontae Smith, 
that uh, high-powered Eagles offense takes its talents to our nation's capital to take on the Commanders um, in that matchup. 47.5 point total. Boy, I love the – I think I'm going to go with the volume here. I'm going to trust the volume in Jeff Wilson over Devontae Smith, who's had a really good week two and a really bad week one. Devontae Smith's a player that we're going to play here because we like the flex, bulky. We like a wide receiver in the flex when we can get it. And this guy's got – this guy's got tremendous upside in Denver. Uh, what they do have going for them is a stingy uh, uh, rush defense. Now I'm a big Wilson fan. And now that he's got his quarterback, uh, Garoppolo, it's going to elevate anyone who got in business with San Francisco 49ers at our draft. I think about how Kittle at the main event live was dropping into the sixth round. Uh, how wonderful it is now to, to have been able to get those Niners at bargain prices. Jeff Wilson, uh, this, this, this player's got – I understand what he's doing because he's got a player here that he now believes in and knows he got him on the cheap late in the draft or on the waiver wire, and he wants to get him in a lineup. Over Smith is not the right move, though, I don't think. We had a question earlier in the YouTube chat, and I said we would get to it. Hudson Kern-Reeve, the professor, asks – Tua Tungavailoa, a QB1 in FFPC now. Let's take it a step further, thanks to Chuck in Raleigh's email. I'm a little ashamed to be asking this, but is Tua Tungavailoa in my lineup this week over the GOAT at quarterback? Appreciate you. That's Chuck in Raleigh. Farrell, I always talk about how I'm a weak man, how I can't make decisions like this, and how I, I can't envision. I feel like I said this on my local fantasy show yesterday. I said, I feel like the kiss of death for me is saying to start Jared Goff over Tom Brady this week. So I'm not going to say it. Start no, I, don't do that. I already no. said it. I already said I'm playing Brady over Goff. However, really, really, really difficult for me to say, yeah, I'm still playing Brady over to a tongue of Iloa. In fact, no, you, no, you, you I'm going to say tongue of Iloa in that shootout over Brady this week. You don't want to do that because you've, you've now seen the, the possibility and, and the ceiling of these two tremendous receivers and the support players around in the Miami Dolphins. Plus they're at home um, against a team that is beat up. Uh, we've, we've talked about where they are defensively and who is coming off a pretty emotional big win where they weren't really tested. Uh, yeah, this is, this is Tua's game uh, this weekend. Uh, you know, you talk about your, your Packers bulky. Why do you not want to play Brady? Well, you know, uh, Packers are 27th in rush defense. You saw what Montgomery did to them uh, in the last game. He was the only thing Chicago had going, and you have to understand with what they're going to try to get done uh, with Fournette there in Tampa, and I think they're going to get the game over rather quickly uh, using ball control and, and short passes and uh, keep Aaron Rodgers on the bench for the Buccaneers' win. I, I think, and I did predict that, that the I, I think the Buccaneers do win. I think I had a final score of 21-20 in that Tampa-Green Bay game in favor mm. of uh, of Tampa. But I think you're right. You know, I did, uh, and by the way, just a shameless plug that, that'll do again in a couple minutes on the Better Sports Network on Wednesday nights when I broadcast uh, uh, there. Get the app for sure. That's the best place to watch the show. But you can also watch it on YouTube and Twitter. But I had Devin Knotts on from football guys uh who is a a weekly uh, a dfs expert and we were talking and he plays a lot of season long too but we were talking about this and he says i i can't i keep looking at this game and it's just screaming at me this is a four net game and if it's mm -hmm. a four net game it's probably not a brady game and that's why i think you got to go with tongue of iloa 
over Brady. Um, final email this week is from Bruce in Lorraine, Ohio. Uh, do I play? Not only did I used to date a Lorraine, she was from Lorraine. Lorraine. Uh, do, I play, do, do I play Cam Akers or Damian Harris this week, guys? You two are my tiebreakers. So we officially have to agree Ooh. on this because if we disagree, Farrell, it's not going to help Bruce. This is interesting because both these guys are in sort of a timeshare. And I, I don't know if I, I read that Damian Harris came up limping on his final carry last week. He did. And then, of course, because the Patriots are so clandestine with all their injuries, we never found out anything about this. As far as I know, he's going to be good to go. But Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson, they, they went from like, you know, we thought Akers would be like this, Henderson would be like Don't this. In. Then they flip-flopped. The, I know you did. But then they flip-flopped, okay, like this. And now they're much closer together. So I look at Akers uh, and Damian Harris as, as two kind of wild cards. And and I don't, I don't really know what to expect from these guys. I lean towards, and I should I should bring this up too right now. Um, the Patriots, I already said, they are at home against the Baltimore Ravens. That game is uh, uh, a total of 44. And then the other one, uh, Cam Akers, beg your pardon, is playing this week at Arizona. Arizona, 48 and a half point game, mm -hmm. uh, 48 and a half point total where the Rams are giving away three and a half points. I lean towards Akers here. That's probably who I would go with over Harris. I'm going to second that. And it, it has to do with uh, – completely with the opposition. Um, and, and I'm, I'm not sold on Arizona despite their street ball comeback against the Raiders. Um, I think that was a coincidental and I think they'll fall back into form with the stalled offense. The Rams will lead in the fourth quarter and acres and Henderson will join forces to salt that game away um, for a passing attack in LA that, that's yet to get, uh, it's yet to click. That's yet to go. So, um, yeah. Farrell, normally I would say let's wrap up the show right now, but one of the things that you wanted to talk about this week, and I'll give you the floor here, a oh. guy that we both met in Las Vegas this year at Planet Hollywood for the first time um, that is a big fan of us, a big fan of our show, big fan of the FFPC. He's been coming out there for years, and I can't believe it's the first time I ever met him. I can't remember if you met him before, but I do. I, I do think uh, you wanted to say something about Maurice Jenkins this week. I did. I wanted to welcome uh, to, to the the show last week. He was in the chat room, and I I don't know. I have had my chat turned off. I don't know if Maurice is there, but Maurice, it was uh, it was wonderful to meet you and your associate there uh, at Planet Hollywood. We. I told Maurice if he came to Kentucky, he was going to have a Kentucky name, so I'm changing him to Magic J. That's his Kentucky name. And I wanted to let him know that he'll have a name tag waiting uh, with that name when he comes to Kentucky to play. But, and, uh, you know, he, he's just like the guys that, that we have here. He walks in. Uh, he walks into the situation and sees what needs to be done. And uh, before, uh, before we knew it, Balky, he was facilitating the league. So, you know, he, he's just the kind of guy – you want in the room. So, Mr. Jenkins, it was a pleasure meeting you, and I uh, appreciate your uh, questions. And, yeah, we uh, in, in regard to uh, your commentary from last week, yes, we need to keep Jameis Winston healthy. He's like an old man with back issues. We need yeah. to get Jameis right. And uh, yes. I think Maurice is counting on Jameis Winston this year. And Winston, I don't know why he has a broken back. He's not even carrying that offense. It's Kamara <laughs> and it's Thomas and it's and it's uh, Chris Olave and, and all yeah. these other guys. So crazy. But, yeah, get well soon. Jameis, 
And of course, thank you so much, Maurice Jenkins, for your contributions, not only on this program, but to the FFPC this year. Uh, Farrell, it was always a pleasure with you. We will do this again uh, next Friday. Check out the KFFSC, kffsc.com. Uh, be good, man. We'll do this again at uh, 10 o'clock a uh, week, uh, week from today. I'll be looking forward to it, Balky. You you try to save up some energy for me now with your broadcast on Wednesday night on the Better Sports Network. You know, I, I didn't have much to do on Wednesday night, but, you know, Bobcat is is working that night. And there's, there's the idea, you know, so that's uh, so all I'm saying. Uh, well, I have a feeling Farrell Elliott. wake my agent up and see why I can't get one of these gigs. Farrell Elliott might be making an appearance uh, uh, on the, on the uh, High Stakes Fantasy Football show Wednesday nights coming up. So See, I don't even that. need an agent. I got the deal no, done. You already got you, it's they, fantastic. All it's, right. a, it's it's not what you know, it's who you know. And you know yeah. they're the best person for it, which is Yeah, people will be deleting that app real soon. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Balky. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Farrell. Have a good weekend, man. Farrell Elliott, the commissioner of the uh, Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. I want to thank him. I want to thank Jamie Cox. I want to thank the FFPC, Rob Bryson, of course, each and every one of you for uh, watching and uh, listening this week. We will be back next Friday, as I said, 10, 9 central. Uh, we'll be joined by the FFPC main event, week two, third place team owner, Greg Link. Uh, that name sounds familiar. He was the runner-up in the super bracket, I believe, four years ago. Uh, he's won uh, several leagues uh, in the FFPC since then, several high-stakes leagues. So it'll be interesting to pick his brain. We'll talk to Greg Link on uh, next Friday. Uh, if you missed it, the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown is available at rotoviz.com slash podcast, as well as the video on the FFPC YouTube channel, which you're watching right now. Andrew Geller, the guilds uh, came on. We talked a lot about uh, what happened in week two and what it means for week three. So give that a view if you have not yet. Uh, speaking of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown, you get two episodes. That's right, a bonus episode uh, next week. So first on Tuesday... We're going to go live at 9.30 Eastern time with Rob Vieira, an 18-time FFPC main event champion. I don't even know how many hundreds of leagues he's won in the FFPC, doing very well this year, battling through some injuries. Uh, we will have him on Tuesday. Then on uh, Thursday night, I got to check my email here and make sure I got this right. Thursday night at uh, 8, 7, no, I beg your pardon, 7, 6 Central, so we can get this on before the uh, Thursday night game goes off, which is a big one. I think it's... um. Uh, I'd, I'd have to look it up, but I remember seeing it and I was like, oh God, that's going to be a great game. It's the Bengals and somebody, my apologies. Uh, if anybody wants to help me out in the chat room, that'd be great. Um, so at seven, six central, uh, the third place team owner in the, uh, football guys players championship, the guy who's one spot behind Jamie Cox, Frank LaPrade, and he is going to join us, uh, on Thursday night. So Rob Beer on Tuesday and Frank LaPrade on Thursday for your double dip of the road of his high stakes lowdown next week. Uh, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network, which uh, I already alluded to earlier. We go live on Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central, taking you all the way up to midnight. We'll get into some FFPC waivers on there. This week's guest co-host is Thunder Dan Palio from Rotoballer. So check that out. Myself and Dan Palio on the uh, Better Sports Network app, YouTube, and Twitter. That's at 10, 9 central Wednesday night. Reminder to play the FFPC Weekly Challenge. No draft or salary cap. Just choose 10 if you're playing in the slim version or 12 players, if you're playing in the classic version uh, before kickoff on Sunday, you can watch them ride through the uh, weekend's games. Remember only one player per team uh, on a uh, per, uh, per NFL team on these same format as the world famous FFPC playoff challenge. And uh, you can join a 30 team league, a 150 team league, 
uh, your entry fees are $35 and $200, and you can win up to 10 grand. Not a bad way uh, to get some little weekly action uh, going with the FFPC. Check that out, myffpc.com. Remember to like, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified so you get uh, not only the updates of uh, who's going to be the next guest on the HSFF Hour as we go live at 10 o'clock Fridays, but when we go at live on usually Tuesdays for the Road of His High Stakes Lowdown, you'll be notified of that. And remember, you always get notified when Aiden LaCorey and Dave Terpoli go live with their FFPC week uh, preview show uh, where they analyze everything coming up in the week, help you set your lineup. So that usually goes live uh, late Friday mornings. And if you missed today's, check it out, FFPC uh, YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash FFPC fantasy. A lot of promotion there, but if you don't promote yourself, no one else will. Thank you so much for viewing everybody and listening. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. Hey, one other thing I should mention, too. Um, I know I've kind of been lamenting my David and Joku sits in all my leagues uh, this week, but bear in mind that even the best fantasy players of the world, which I am far from, um, do not get stuff like this right all the time. In fact, if you are hitting your start sits at like a 60 or 65% rate, you are at a Hall of Fame level. So remember, even as much as you grind, as much as, as hard as you work to try to get the right guys in your lineup, um, even the best people are screwing it up a third of the time. Uh, and Joku stuff like this happens. It's fantasy. You roll with the punches and you just get excited for next week. I'm already excited for Sunday. I hope you are too. Thank you so much for watching, everybody. We will be here next week at 10, 9 central. And this YouTube channel goes live again Tuesday night with Rob Vieira. Thanks, everybody. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.